Yes, indeed. This is the Black Russian Podcast. I am Tianbu Kuwan. I am Yula. And we are here at episode 39. It feels like it's been forever. It's probably only been... Uh, at hmm. least two or three months. No. Yes. That long? Well, all right, let's check. Yeah. We should have checked before, but continue and I will yeah, be checking. It, it seems like it's been a while. We've been kind of... Um, allowing life to flow and just do the podcast as we feel when we feel we're blessed right now to either not be so big or not be signed to somebody else March 3rd March 3rd we are in May 21st two and a half months it's been a minute yeah so luckily we're we're blessed to uh, be able to do that and make the podcast when we do them they're thick rich thorough and authentic and at our pace that you guys can consume them as you wish, and anytime there is a drought, I'm sure you guys can go back and listen to any of the other 30 million of them because I would be surprised if there are more than three people who've listened to every single one. That would be amazing. Um, before we get into our gratefuls and recap from the last episode, we'd like to say this, and this is. We do not discriminate upon any style of relationship. We do not think any one style is more or less divine. There is no one thing for everybody. What we do try to stay away from is rigid, mandated styles of relationship. And that can be mandated open or mandated monogamy. We try to avoid mandates and just stay open. Open meaning open heart, open communication, honesty, authenticity. So although we are non-monogamous it doesn't mean we advocate or think it's superior to anything else it's whatever works for you as long as you guys are being honest knowing that you guys will change evolve retract expand and grow and having relationships that are built to have room for those things is what we advocate so we'll get into our quotes and then we'll go to a slight recap of the last episode which is about overstanding traumas so let's go do you have any quotes ready uh, you have them ready. I know that for a fact. I do. Okay. This one's from Pima. I just looked up some old notes, and it's kind of a dope one that still resonates. Compassion is not a relationship between the healer and the wounded. It is a relationship between equals. Only when we know our own darkness well can we be present with the darkness of others. Compassion becomes real when we recognize our shared humanity. 
serious kingdom you know and let's see what else we got here and you don't have one right now i can look you're just going i just like putting you through this okay not a problem this is a casual kickback reacquaint with our old folks on the other side of this podcast thing right here so okay let's do it like this everything has a frequency and whatever you're feeling is bringing everything into your life that's on a similar frequency to you. Mm-hmm. Nothing that is outside of us did not originate from within first. I like that. That's complicated. Yeah. I feel like there needs to be a warm-up before this quote. Well, you know. Security is sourced within. Same thing. Yep. There's no, it all goes to the same thing. I know. No, you mean there's no outside healing force? Right. No pill, no exercise. No, there's, there's no, no mantra. Amount, no amount of ayahuasca or yoga will prevent or uh, shield you from whatever you're dealing with inside. My last one, when someone comes looking for the old you, pulling old triggers, but cannot find you, that's healing. Yeah, I like that one. And we don't fall for the same okey-doke. No. So those are my quotes. I think... You exceeded your quota. You need three. You went for four. Are you yeah. hoping for a gold star? I want a Credit gold star. Credit towards, I got towards gold headphones the next on. episode. <laughs> yep, I got gold headphones on. I might as well get the gold star. All right, I'll get you a gold star. All right, are you ready with yours now? Of course. Right, I'm okay. all ready. I have the whole thing lined up. All right, well, let's I was just it. testing you. Mm. So... That's what I do when I get bored. Right. Uh, mine come from my grateful practice. Oh, really? Yeah. That's your suggestion. Where did that idea come from? Oh. So my daily grateful practice is probably closer to 40 people now. Right. And what is your daily grateful practice for those new Hold listeners? Hold on. I was just about to explain mm. that. Don't, okay. don't you be okay. jumping in front of me. He's okay. out of practice. He mm. doesn't know. I forgot my, my yeah, place. Yeah, totally. Um, my daily grateful practice is uh, something that I started at the uh, suggestion of a friend. Probably, ooh, I don't know, Alba helped me out four, five years ago. <clears throat> and it's basically just, you know, f- hopefully first thing in the morning or trying to do that first thing in the morning. Ki- think about at least three things we're grateful for. It could be coffee, hot shower, and sleep or anything else. And then set the manifest for the day, which helps me personally set my priorities and not, you know, do you know, buy bread and, you know, tell Tion what to do. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) more of a vibe, like, what do I want to feel? What do I want? What kind of energy I want to create? Right. And that's something that I have stuck with for, I'm curious now, four or five years is my guess. And it's grown. I send it to people that want to participate. When I meet a new friend, I very quickly ask them if that's something they want to uh, f- do with me. It's an amazing way to stay in touch. Right. Um, I send it out individually. It's not a group thing, so it's a very much one-on-one thing. It now takes me, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 minutes to do it. Uh, 
And then some people like reading mine and not respond back. Some people do it periodically. Some people do it every day. Right. It's pretty amazing to watch how much work goes into uh, doing that and also how fast the vibe gets redirected from maybe neutral or neutral negative right where it's habitual to be kind and kind of negative to proactively positive right yeah it's pretty amazing so i selected a couple of quotes from the daily gratefuls at tion's suggestion today mm, my suggestion uh, thank you you're welcome one uh, was figuring out, grateful for figuring out how to do all the things that make my spirit happy. Mm. Grateful for listening to my body, appreciation of my body, being in my body. And also grateful for choosing to create a new story and a new chapter in my life. It's, it's pretty cool. I love uh, reading other people's gratefuls. And I just told Tion that I would love to have the next uh, women's cipher be the women that I do gratefuls with. Right, right. Would have to figure out the logistics of that because they're all over the place. Yeah, pull everybody from all over the world just to come for like an hour or two. Yula has a hard time committing to things over a couple hours. Yeah, I don't know. That. <laughs> I'm like, you should just do like a getaway where the women go get away for the weekend. And, you know, it's a group of you guys who do gratefuls. And, you know, you can just kick it and talk. You can build on things. You can just have a good time. You know. But, you know <laughs> That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Only if you're there to, like, do everything else outside of. The man-made? Yeah. Or just curate the... Curate the, the rest of the, yeah, of the activities so that I'm not the one that does all that. Right. Because what if my other Gemini kicks in and wants to be alone? Yeah, well, that, yeah. It's, it's tough for a curator if you want to be alone in the middle of your own event. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't throw events. That's funny. Oh, cool. Is that all you got? That's all I got. <laughs> that's plenty. That's plenty. So, yes, the last episode we talked a lot about overstanding trauma. You know, where it comes from, how to trace it back. I know you were sharing your story about how you've been tracing back your traumas and getting to the point of seeing the trauma from its origin point, but then also being able to zoom out and see it from the current perspective of being an adult with more tools. Yeah, it's insane. And, um, you know, how we relate to our traumas, how we uh, choose to either identify them or run from them or pretend like they don't exist or... Um, act like we're condemned by them um, really dictates uh, how we move forward and it will definitely affect every relationship we have because it's affecting the relationship we have with ourselves and we treat other people in our relationship outside of ourselves very similar to how we perceive it so whether it's a career whether it's with your kids whether it's you know lovers or whatever um, whatever traumas we haven't dealt with or we're going through will have an effect on them it's just a matter of um, are we aware of them? Can we discuss them? Are we forthright with them? Are we ashamed of them? Um, have we learned, you know, to embrace them and figure out well, you know? I think in general, we're probably, we all start out at the point where we're all ashamed of them. Right. In general, just, just you know, 
having discovered some of mine and just seeing how we all as humans try to hide our traumas. Right. You know, that comes from shame. Right. And so getting past the shame point to where it's like, okay, it's a part of me. In order for me to really understand it, I'm going to have to spend some time with it. Right. And the shame, of course, comes from the learned uh, reaction to how other people react to showing our weakness, our fears, our traumas. Right. right? It's like um, raising kids. It's really it's really easy to show them that they cannot trust us. Right. Or they cannot. There's certain parts of their psyche, of their being, of their desires that need to be hidden. Right. Because their parents cannot see them as good or as something to learn from, something to just, you know, live with. Right, right. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, we've been, we've been, um, part of the things we've been busy with is, you know, our own children. (laughs) Right, (laughs) yes. And our little one is, you know, in the process of going from being little to being not so little. There's a lot of very rich emotional content that she shares with us that sometimes puts us, you know, in the situation where we have to pause everything else and just process that. Right. And make sure that we are not reacting out of our own discomforts or our own need to control the situation. You know, I've had to apologize to her very seriously for not reacting to her in a way that is conducive to her feeling comfortable. Right. And it's all real. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's reminders of, you know, what we, we use, we use the platform of the podcast for many different reasons, but one of them it does that helps keep us honest. You know, we gather this information, these ideas that we've learned, that we've, that's been shared with us, that we've, you know, discovered by our triumphs and our failures. Um, and then we share them on here as just this overall poo-poo platter of suggestions and, and things to ponder with you guys. But it keeps us honest because then we have to try to uh, be able to apply these things in circumstances that come up with our family or with each other. And that's always the hard, that's one of the hard parts about, you know, gathering knowledge but applying it. You know, we all read all these really amazing memes. We have access to all the wisdom in the world with Pima and all these different teachers all around us. But when the rubber hits the road and fear and trauma kick in, do we just resort back to our reaction or can we still stay present and identify which voices in our head are telling us to cut and run or telling us to do what we used to do versus having that conversation within ourselves. Um, and this has been a t- one of the many tests of that is, you know, navigating the space with our with our youngest and the big, big, vivid, real feelings <laughs> that sometimes render me a little bit paralyzed um, and stuff like that. So, you know, what we're trying to do also with her while we're, she's going through this is how do we give her space to fully share whatever she wants to share, however she wants to share, without us freaking out in one way or another. Um, so that way we don't create any extra traumas right. that already are going to be created. There's already going to be some. All of us are, have traumas that we create um, that sometimes have very little to do with what our parents or what our environment did, but how we perceived it. 
Um, so we're trying to minimize our direct <laughs> right. trauma, trauma-inducing inducing actions. Um, so it's been very fascinating. Um, there's been a lot of really cool things going on. Um, one of the cool things that we had discovered is Eula's been on her deep path into herself and to untangling balloons and knots and, and things in there. For and, a long time. Right. It's a long going it's a long ongoing thing. But one of the most recent revelations, speaking of kids, is, you know, how the relationship is within you between your parent inside of you and your child and yeah. how they don't communicate. So would you like to share a little bit about that? Because it's very fascinating. I think it was really recent, right? Yeah, that like, I came. Yeah. I mean, I and I've always known that I process deep things very slowly, like very slowly. I'm generally a very quick thinker, mm-hmm. but I'm a very slow processor of things that run deep. Right. I cannot like knowledge doesn't mean anything to me until I make it my own. Right. And making it my own is not a very active process for me. It's actually like it runs in the background. You know, I I know it's running, and I can't really speed it up. Yeah. Uh, I can just pay, you know, pay more attention to it. Right. But I really, it's like it becomes a very long <laughs> process, and I guess in the last six months, there's been more and more of really cool uh, discoveries and revelations. And I'm guessing it's because I'm at that point in my process where I've put in so much work and it's been so lo- so much time that finally perhaps results are coming in. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool when those epiphanies come in. So some of them, one of them was really, uh, you know, I've been been really one of my main challenges. And you guys, you know, those of you who have listened, and especially those of you who are close to us, know that one of my main challenges and the challenge in our relationship is to be honest with Tion about me being attracted to other men and being upfront with him about it and being honest in, you know, the details and the level of attraction and what I want to do and all that stuff. So pondering all that very seriously in cycles, uh, you know, I, I was questioning like what, but technically what is it? It's not that I don't understand that this is approved in our relationship, right. but um, why do I react that way? And I finally understood that um, I have this relationship with myself or inside of me that basically gives me, you know, my inner child when my kid, my inner child wants to do something fun, like allow myself to feel attraction to a man that's not Tion, right? That's fun. We all feel that. Right. Uh, And we want to run with it. Right. And in our marriage, I'm allowed to. But then something kicks in and puts hard brakes on it, and then I act like I'm not, but because I am, things are leaking, and Tion's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so, so our, last, our last face plant with, the, with, this, with the, you know, the last manifestation of this challenge, um, I think it came out as simple as like, was I, was I sexting? Yeah, I was sexting somebody, right? And I was like asking questions. Right. And then I was like, you know, Yula, you should think about like what questions would you want to ask a guy that you're already if you're talking you already deem that you guys are flirting and it's getting there you know what would you ask you know and she was like I don't know and uh, you know 
I go, of course you know. Like, you're getting to know a guy. You've deemed you're attracted to him. What would you be curious about knowing about this person? I mean, you can't just have a blank slate. She's like, I don't know. I have to think about it. And so I'm like, okay. And so I'm getting, like, already, like, my, my trigger is already getting kicked in. So I'm like, okay. The feeling that I feel is that she's being divisive. And she knows, but she doesn't want to tell me. Yeah. Um, and so after going back and forth, what I realized was, like, you know, I don't think your parent and your child talk because as your parent side can plan ahead, is very rational, is very detail oriented, can understand the benefits of, of planning ahead and all the things like that, risk assessing all these things. And your child is just impulsive and wants to do what a child wants to do, have fun. But they don't talk. It's like the parent, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm asking these questions, it's the parent that's responding. Like, I don't know. I have to think about it. But I can feel the child going, of course I know what I want. Right. But doesn't, but either, for some reason, doesn't use the language of words to share that. And what I think we're starting to discover is that the relationship that you have with your real parents has colored very much so, which most of us probably have, has colored your relationship with your parents inner parent and your child well so what it's what it what he has done is basically the way it works is when you when i'm supposed when i feel uh and it only comes in the area mostly you know right. in in uh, uh physical attraction to another man uh i'll feel it and then what kicks in is you cannot tell him right and then the effort to tell you, because we have an agreement that I will tell you, is very much superficial and forced, and it feels like you're dragging it out of me. None of it is voluntary. Right. Voluntary. Voluntary. And, uh, you know, it triggers everyone. It triggers you, then it triggers me, and then we're in this cycle. Right. So finally, when Tion's like, well, okay, I don't think your inner child and inner parent are working together you know because I have done I think because I have done this work with my Russian therapist that kind of showed me the way to go back into my childhood very easily right and remember my feelings and my triggers and find them pretty fast uh, I was able to do that in these situations and I'm like well duh my parents like nothing sexual was approved they freaked out when I was 25 and was the first time when I said I stayed at a guy's house. I was freaking 25 years old. Right. So I have a very high level of distrust towards my parents in these areas. Right. I absolutely refuse to tell them anything. Right. Because I have been put in in the situation as recent as, you know, when I was 25 when right. it was forced on me. The disapproval was forced on oh, me. Oh, right, 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 yeah. And um, I just don't trust them at all. There's right. nothing in me that tells me that whatever I feel is going to be uh, received with a welcome. Right. Let alone support. Right, or approval. Or approval. Right. So I, because I have that feeling, it's transferred to you, and I hadn't... Like, I had not looked at our relationship right. separately from my relationship with my parents. Right. And that's a pretty 
pretty cool piece of information because I'm, 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 I'm logical and I'm pretty smart when I'm given information. Right. So when I have that, now I'm like, oh, reminder, Tion is not my parents. Tion is actually my partner. Right. And he would be happy to help me. And he has given me all the support and approval and all that. So I just need to change how I feel about him and include him in my fun making, you know, activities and he will actually help me avoid problems, things I shouldn't be doing because I don't think as far ahead as he does. And he's actually my teammate. Right. And that's after him telling me that for I don't even know how many years. So finally the Gemini is like, Oh, okay, I get it now. Right. But that's what it's taken. Right. And and, and by 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 getting it quote unquote getting it doesn't mean it'll never happen again. Right. It's just one more piece to the puzzle that's making it get closer to I get it in terms of I understand what happens inside of me right. when that comes up. Right. I understand why everything inside of me literally closes down and, and and gets super tight and refuses to share any information. Right. Like I understand why that happens. Now the process of making the change right. and opening the gates slightly and then hopefully fully, you know, that's a process that I is on me to practice and, you know, on Tion to receive my attempts, right. you know, in a way that support me because we all remember, you know, like with kids, they try to tell you something and it's not maybe coming out in the way that you want it to come out or the information that's coming out is actually not something that you're looking uh, positively at, right. you cannot give them a response that will shut them down. Right. Because chances are it's going to be the last time that they right. do it. They're only going to do that so many times. Before they're like, so nope. my job is to push myself to share with Tion as openly as I can. His job is to maintain his you know level of acceptance and welcome that will help me keep going right and it's hard because you know we have our own groove you know him trying to hold that space for me is as difficult or maybe more difficult than me trying to actually open that space up right because we've created that groove yeah and it's it's just when i when i and you know we've gone through many iterations of epiphanies and understandings of the process to get here and we never thought of it that way. And once I, the, once the idea came to my head, like, oh, that might be it. It's like, oh, it makes so much sense if I'm, you know, because we know what happens when a kid or a teen. Imagine, even probably a lot of us as teens, teenagers were like, there's something we want to do, or maybe want to stay over a friend's house, right. or maybe, and we automatically get this feeling either based upon the times our parents said no <laughs> or what we perceive parents to do because of right. you know, society or movies or whatever. Right. Um, and so we go, ooh, we can't, there's a negative feeling. And then our ego kicks in and goes, hey, psst, I got you over here. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. And starts to, starts the whole scheming. And be like, but, but nowhere in that scheme is, let's just ask them, let's just tell them up front yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. You know they're not going to approve. So let's not even shoot that shot. So what we're going to do is she likes our friend Billy. 
So we're going to say we're staying at Billy's house, and then we get to Billy's house, we're going to leave and go stay over so-and-so's. So we start this process very early. So what it does is that process tells our child with areas where we feel will be disapproved, don't even communicate. Don't even try. Just don't say anything. Yeah. And then divert it. And the ego will be like, okay, I'll tell you what to do. And so we grow up into adulthood where there are things that we know we have the freedom to do as adults. But when we come across certain things we want to do that we think will be received with disapproval or shame or guilt, even if it's someone who has no rule over us, we will still resort to deceptive behaviors of doing it. Even we don't have to. Like, like think of how many times all of us have lied to a friend because we didn't want them to know what we really thought. Like, let's say, you know, um, <clears throat> we decided we no longer want to hang out with that friend that much. Right. And they're like, hey, do you want to hang out? And we keep going, ooh, that feeling. And then we go, we can, we, when we have that feeling, our truth is very clear. If we have a feeling. All we have to do is match the words up with like, oh, yeah, I don't like hanging out with them. They, they whatever. But our ego goes, <gasps> no. It's, we don't want to tell the truth. It's too difficult. We don't want to feel that shame. We don't want to feel that guilt. So we go. Which is covered in we don't want to hurt their feelings. Which is deeper covered with we don't want to hurt our feelings. Right. We don't want to feel that way. It's not ever really about them. It's about we don't want to feel that way. Um, and so we come up with random excuses. Oh, you know, I just, not tonight. And then next week later, oh, you know, I, I would have. But it's, and we just perpetuate this. Um, and it's like, they're not our parents. They're not our boss. They have no rule over us. Nope. We can do we, whatever we want. We could say, you know what? I think you're a cool person. But in this part of my life, I just don't really want to hang out like, w with you and do what we normally do. But none of us want to say that. Nope. So, so we all dance around. So those little seeds that we give ourselves permission to be subtly deceitful and dishonest, if we do that in just the slight discomforts of like random friends or acquaintances or people we've just met on on a social media or on a dating app, then of course it's going to come out in a bigger manifestation when it's something that's really uncomfortable. Um, and it's, you know, when you think about it logically, it's crazy that most of us at some point in our lives have chosen to be deceitful and lie and deal with the repercussions of being labeled a liar and being distrusted versus telling the truth and hurting our feelings by hurting their feelings. Yeah, but it's almost like, you know, there's a gradation of what's acceptable, what's okay, and what's not. So, you know, everyone that will point fingers at me or women that deceive or men that deceive as a liar, right. you know, will act like they've never lied in their whole entire life, ever. Right. Like, never happened. The biggest deception there yes. is. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit, how can you be around her? She, how can you trust her? You know, like, they, they'd never lied before. Right. We've talked about it over and over again. Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a big one. And that's something that, you know, I think, I mean, I know that's a result of looking into what makes me be who I am, what mm -hmm. parts of me I want to change. It definitely goes hand in hand with um, none of us will do things, will will go through 
hard work of discovering and changing something inside of us if it's just to please another person. Right. Like we all come to this point uh, that once we understand, no, this is not for him, this is not for her, right. this is not for my marriage, this is for myself right. so that I can feel free and I can feel that I'm allowing myself to do what I actually feel is good Right. Then, then the changes come. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's being kind to yourself yeah. and recognizing that there is no one in this world, including our kids and our our parents and our spouses, that are more important than we are. No one's living my life. Right. Yeah. They're not living my life. I'm the only one that's living my life, and if I am. Uh, living my life in a way that is not allowing me to experience these connections that I actually really want to experience, right. then it's on me. Right. There's nothing that anyone can do, say, uh, you know, show me that will make me do it consistently. I may try. Mm -hmm. It's just like dieting. Yeah. You know, you'll do it for a while, and then it's not yours, and then you just stop doing it. Yeah. And it's, you know, the crazy thing about it all, I used to like, it's the, cra the crazy thing, the crazy thing, the crazy thing, the crazy thing. Um, That's what we've been doing, just discovering crazy things. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, you know, we have mechanisms inside of us that prevent us from fully articulating what we want before we even get to, uh, like long before we'd ever tell anybody. Like meaning, a lot of us don't know what we want because we've never allowed ourselves to really manifest yeah. and honestly oh, sure. think about what it is we want. Yep. Because we have voices in our head, whether they're doubt voices, like you can't do that, you'll never be able to do that, no one will ever let you do that. Or the the other side of it, the overconfident ego voice is like, don't say it. We'll get it done, we'll do it. But just, shh. If you don't say it, you never have to say you, you're dishonest, you just do it. And so, what either side of those, we don't allow ourselves the space to hear from that inner child who's like, I want to do this right? And without judgment first, because, you know, the inner child is connected to your pure energy. It just knows joy. It just wants to do. It doesn't know good or bad. It doesn't know dangers or not. So we usually shoot it down before we hear the full embrace. And so if we can find a way to articulate and listen and encourage that that voice in our head to tell or our heart or spirit or wherever it's coming from um, to tell us what it is we want without judgment then we can probably factor that into okay it's the same way when you have a, a kid and a parent let's say you have a your road trip and you have your kids in the car and you're you know we're going from you know here to LA the kids are like ooh I want to see cows I want to stop and see the beach I want to eat gummy bears I want to you know all these things and the parent who goes, okay, let me hear all the things you want and goes, okay, cool. Well, here's what we can do. We can, on the way down, we can stop and see the cows and we'll get hamburgers. And then on the, but we have to get down to LA at a certain time. On the way back though, we'll stop by the beach and get gummy bears. And that's including that voice in the overall process. But in order to do that, the parent has to be patient enough Right. So I think that the whole like the bigger problem is that we're not just uh, scared that we're going to get shut shut down. But I think we get I mean, that's the origin of us starting to 
assume that there's not even a space for it. Right. So might as well not even think about it. Like I totally fell out of habit of thinking about what I want. Right. You know, I've learned that I don't want anything material for myself very often. Right. You know, if I ever do, it comes to me as a, ooh, I really want that. So then I go get it. But in terms of actually like, what does Yula want? You know, I've had three kids in the last 20 years. Like, it's a lot of time spending time being a mom and a parent and a wife and the house and the work and like all everything that we all do. And we just like literally... I was never, to begin with, very good at consciously figuring out and listening to what I actually want. Um, so I think that we, you know, a lot of us create this space right. that we perpetuate that, you know, you're not even supposed to. You're supposed to, you know, to be a parent and a good spouse and make the money and save for retirement. And that's right. about that. And so sacrifice your... So much so that, you know, my, uh, you know, I started working out pretty seriously uh, with personal trainers. And, uh, you know, I was asked, like, okay, so what are your goals? Right. What do you want? Not just, like, what is your, but, like, one of them actually specifically asked, well, what do you want? Right. Think about it. Let me know. And we will figure out how to get there. Right. And I was like, (gasps) oh, literally, I was like whoa, right. what do I want? Whew, when was the last time I actually asked myself that question? Right. And that's in the area of like my fitness, right? my body, my goals, what do I want? Right. And I literally spent that whole entire day going, ooh, what do I want? I don't know. Well, what do I want? I don't know. Right. And eventually I got to the point where I figured out what I wanted in terms of parameters. And then... Uh, we had this com- long conversation, and he kept asking the right questions, like, but why? Right. But what's going to happen when you get to these numbers? But right. why do you want them? Right. How are you going to feel? And then what? Right. You know, and that is, it was such an incredible process for me because I was like, I would not have gotten there if I wasn't proactively, like, looking. Right, right. So we, we, we tend to stop a few steps before clear articulation of, you know, so, you know, so for example, if I was going to go, okay, you know, here's three steps to doing what you want. Step one is spend time with yourself without judgment and list or think of all the things you'd want to do if there had no barriers, no time barriers, no responsibility barriers, no monetary barriers. Think of all those things. And it's going to take a while because you're, you're, you know, our, our, our parent is going to shoot these things down yeah. before we can even say them. Right. But let's say there's no judgment. There's no so judgment So it takes at all. us a month. So it takes us a month to do that. Then the second step would be ask yourself why you want those things. Because it's not enough to just say we want them. Because not everything we want is for a good reason. For a beneficial reason, should I say. For a nourishing reason. There can be reasons that are that are because of our fears or our doubts or societal. So the vetting of the of the process of what we want, right? Like like you're saying, you know, the reason one of the reasons why your trainer might have been asking you that is because there are people who have, you know, these body image challenges, and they perceive if I look like or if I weigh under this, right. I will be happy and the world will be perfect. Right. And 
he knows through experience that that's not going to solve whatever is inside of you that you're trying to deal with. If that's so, that's why he goes, "Well, why do you do that? Why do you want that?" You know, um, and that's the two step, and those two steps alone are huge and yeah. are rarely done. And so, the the challenge is, I mean, the challenge, the funny, I can't say the challenge, the crazy. He's got these little like phrases. Um, what happens is then we have this civil war inside of ourselves because we're not going through this process of having these thorough conversations. So the kid who has these desires gets shut down. So the kid stops talking to the parent, but it doesn't mean the kid's not going to do what they want to do. All right. So then you have the parent saying, no, we can't do this. No, I don't want to do this. So the parent is speaking on behalf of the whole being saying, I don't know what we want, or we don't really want that, or I'm not really into that, I don't have time for that, I'm not into that, I don't need that. And the kid's like, and then it goes, does everything that's completely in contradiction of that. And so somebody on the outside of you is like watching your overall being say one thing as a parent and do the completely opposite. And that's where um, the feeling of being lied to, of being betrayed, of being deceived comes from. It's because there are two, at least two polarized energies that are not communicating and working as a team. They're competing for space, time, and energy. And for the most of the time, the parent takes over and then the inner child sneaks away and does what they want to do. Because even when, you know, for you, love, for most of us to say, I don't know what I want to do, through your life, you still had impulses and just did shit because you, you wanted to do them then. You may not have thought it through exactly if that yeah, was the, it. Yeah, so. that whole I don't know is just the first knee-jerk reaction. Right. Because I think it should be not that I don't know, but I don't have the answer ready. Right. It'll take me time to excavate the answer. I have feelings about it, but it'll take me time to figure out how to put it in specific terms and also understand why I want that. Right. And also, a lot of the things that we're talking about with this being able to talk is is we have not articulated what we want we just allow it to be an impulse like for example like you know there have been times when you just did something because you wanted to do it whether it's buy something or go stay at a guy's house or whatever and there was no let me think about it it's like i'm gonna do that And, and so it happens so it's not that we don't know well, no as in knowledge, yes, that we don't know because we haven't allowed ourselves to think about it in words. We just go, I'm going to keep it in pure raw action. I'm just going to, my, my parents going to deny that I want these things. I'm going to act pure, like how these people who critique someone who make a mistake, like they're just the holiest, never lie to themselves. We're going to act like we're holier than thou and we're above these things and never articulate that we want them because once you articulate that you want them it becomes real and subject to judgment and ridicule if you never say it and the only time it comes out is when it just happens by the time it's already happened and done it's already happened and done no one could talk you out of that no one can make you go well think about that do you really want to do that why do you want to do that and so it's the same thing with the parent and the child you know this is a time when the parent may have something good to say but the child doesn't want to hear it the child goes, I want to go to this concert. I want to get VIP packaging. I want to get there at 5 a.m. for a 9 p.m. show. And I want to get a new cosplay outfit. I want to do all these things. And you're like, okay, well, are you sure you want to do that? Because you just said you wanted to go to L.A. and you're saving up money because you want to do this. And last time, you know, you, you didn't have a good time because of this. 
And the kid is like, I don't want to hear this shit because you're killing my raw desire of just wanting this. But so that that feeling right there of like we've we've all felt that literally what happens in our house. I mean, it happens like every two weeks. But we've all been through that. We're like, we really want something, but we don't want to. We don't want to have a conversation about it because it's, right. our parents are going to ruin it for us. Right. They're going to be like, you know, and me and you have it in a different way. Yep. Like, you know, I, I'm the creative business person, and she's she's the compliance business person. So I'll be like, okay, I have a great idea. We're going to do this, and we're going to have fans come over to my artist's house. They're going to hang out. It's going to be amazing. And then she's like, what do you say? You say, what? You can't have them come to the house. We're going to have to run background checks on the people. We cannot give your artist's address out, so they're going to have to meet at the hotel. So all of a sudden, I, like, suck the air out of his balloon. Right, because mine was pure fun. Like, I'm just thinking of how awesome it is. All right. And then she, as the parent in this situation, is like, well, yes, but have you thought about right. this, 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 and this? Maybe there's a better way yeah. to get what you want without yeah. doing it this way. And my inner child is like, fuck that. That's not exactly how I envisioned it. And that's yeah. how I want it. And so if we don't have this healthy relationship where I go, I fight it. And then I go, okay, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> if we don't do that, what the child will do in unhealthy will be like, okay, you know what? I'm just not going to tell my parents because if I tell them, they're going to make me adult my shit up. And I don't want to do that. So I'm going to lie and I'm going to go do this shit on my own and there creates the lying and deceiving and stuff like that back so it's interesting you know the way we're trying to balance it out with you know our kids like the big ones don't do that they rarely do anything like that our little one like literally that's all she does like she'll get this idea and if we say no you can't even if we say well you can't this time right you will be able to next time even if she says, okay, we know through experience now that that okay is going to be followed by, like, her brain starts looking for ways to still get it. Right. And she will most likely end up getting it because eventually she puts so much work into it that we're like, well, we can't ruin her fun. Right. Like, you know, if it doesn't kill us, we should let her do it. Right. So it's it's a very interesting way of, on one hand, you know, you try and teach them, well, you can't, you won't always get what you want. Right. But keep giving us the work, keep, keep right. giving us your craziest ideas, and you never know which ones we're going to say yes exactly. to. Exactly. We never want them to feel that we're going to shoot down their joy. You know, we always want to listen to it and have them articulate it thoroughly. Like she'll be like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh, I want to do." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Write it out. What's the budget? What's the time frame? What's it look like? What's it spell like?" Right. And we then next thing you know, she gives us the whole entire yeah, list, and, and we're like, "That's spreadsheet. awesome." <laughs> and so you know, it's it's good to do that. Um, we don't ever want to say, like, give her the. We don't want her to feel that. The minute she asks me she's excited about and she thinks I have to go to ask my parents, there's a negative feeling towards that. Like, oh, they're going to say this, they're going to say that. Because all it's going to do is teach her that I'm just going to minimize what I have to tell them until I'm independent enough to just do the shit myself. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, like as much as we try to do that, there still is that feeling in her right. that doesn't want to tell us, yeah. doesn't want to ask us for it because she's anticipating saying no. So it's still a difficult process. But right. I think we're all sides are doing a good job. Her trusting us that she actually s- does say that. Right. And then goes through the process, and we do our best to not just be like, oh, no, that's crazy. You've already missed, you know, three days this month for no good reason, blah, blah, blah. And no one's going to get up at 4 a.m. to take you to a concert that starts at 7 p.m. That's just insane. But, you know, we work it out. And so we're trying to create a new groove to where she has a, a, a more of a positive, balanced emotional reaction to talking to her parents about something that's fun. But even in this situation where we are trying extra hard to not impose that energy on her, she still has that. Yep. So think about the adult situations where the other people aren't trying extra hard. What if you're trying to say, you know, hey, I want to see men now. I want to see other men. And your husband's like, what? Hell no. Why would you even think that? Then it's gonna. It makes it even harder to, to be honest and stay honest. So this is what we're dealing with a lot, and this is one of our biggest gems. That's really um, probably at the bane of our our biggest challenges and our most painful experiences um, in this marriage is dealing it roots from shit like just like something like this. Yeah. Um, and when I when I when I articulated it with the parent and child, I realized how common it is and how most of us have this inside of us to a greater or lesser degree. Um, and we all have to fight it. Like sometimes it's hard to, when you think about, I need to tell this person I don't want to do this or I'm looking to say no. There's, you have to fight through these emotions and, and stuff. I, and I think that the different, you think the different areas that we all have that, like I have that in the sex space. Right. You have that in the money space. Right. And that's not an, a, a coincidence, right? right? It's because when I was growing up, you know, I could have anything, find any material that I wanted to. So I don't have any issues there. Right. But I could never be honest about any of my sexual activities, interests, uh, freedoms, none of that. So right. it created that knee jerk, my knee jerk towards my parents and not telling the truth is in the sex space. Right. Yours is in the money space because there was not a lot of money. Right. Right. And there wasn't a lot of confidence in that. So I know very early in my art career, you know, pricing art, you know, I would always sell myself short. Right. You know, oh, man, how much to cost to this wall? Oh, man, just cover my pain and give me food. And you find out later, they're like, oh, shit, I had a budget of like 2500 like, <laughs> And so you learn, but it's uncomfortable because, you know, it's not. You know, it's, 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 yeah, so it's very fascinating. Um, so that goes very nicely into this topic we wanted to talk about. Which uh, is? Discipline versus suppression. Discipline versus suppression, yes. So what we're going to do is take a break and listen to a song by Mortimer. 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 And then we'll get into that. Awesome. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 39. Reconnecting with y'all. Maybe we'll call it that. Reconnecting with y'all. All right. Qua.
inspiration Right just so we keep it real the king and then it's seal It's an Irish situation Hatred is rejected And wisdom is respected As you move towards your goal Preservation of your soul It should never be neglected Rock and come Rock and come Everyone's ears. Tiambu Kuan, episode thirty-nine. Reconnecting with y'all. We just shooting the shit, shit shooting. Cause uh, it's been a lot of little things gathered around, so it's cool. But yes, yeah, so we got into that, and then yeah, so we're talking about this half. We're gonna lead off with uh, discipline versus suppression. Right. So discipline versus suppression. You know. So. What would be the differences, you know, let's just say, like, for each of us, like, my mind, discipline is having the freedom to do whatever it is you want and being able to s- determine what is beneficial to your path and your commitments you've made and what is detrimental to it. That's discipline. Whether it's if you're trying to work out and your goals are to lose weight and streamline and you're you're, you can have whatever food you want, but you're disciplined enough to know that if I have these things, it's going to set me back here. And it's going to, you know, my goal is here and I'm trying to get there. In a relationship, discipline would be, you know, I have the freedom to see whoever I want whenever I want. But I have the discipline enough to know to pick and choose what is right based upon the time and space, both inside of myself and inside of our relationship. You know, discipline in MBA. I'm a multi-millionaire professional basketball player. I can eat whatever the hell I want and do whatever I want. The discipline one is like, I could, but kind of want to be a champion, so I'm just going to go ahead and stay in this, in this gym and, and stay in this spot and shoot a 1,000 free throws. So that's my definition of what I, when I perceive discipline. That's what I think of. Uh, my, dis- my definition would be, <clears throat> to me, discipline is unlearning bad habits. Mm-hmm. unlearning habits that create results that you do not want. So, you know, and, and those are daily habits, you know, habits that we don't uh, acknowledge that we have. Right. Uh, so that's discipline, you know. It's not easy to remember that uh, when you have, uh, when, <coughs> you know, you have a choice, of telling the truth versus taking an easy way out of, oh, no, I just don't feel like hanging out with you. Right. Versus, well, actually, I have all these feelings that I've been feeling, and I want to clarify, I want to clear our energy before we hang out. Right. That's discipline. 
saying that. Right. Versus, nah, you know, yeah, let's hang out. I don't know when I'll let you know. Right. You know, um, the dietary choices, you know, uh, <laughs> I will eat good food and everything feels great. And then Tion's eating a bagel and I reach out for a piece and he looks at me like, really? You know what's going to happen when you do. Mm-hmm. You know how you know? Because you did that yesterday and it messed you up. Right. I'm like, ooh, ooh, okay. That's discipline. Right. Uh, that's, you a, know. that's assisted discipline. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> teamwork, discipline. teamwork discipline. We remind each other what we're trying to but do. But basically, like, you know, uh, staying with, like, changing from habits that get you uh, away from what you want. Right. That are not good for you. Right. And as you were saying, I was thinking, discipline, um, healthy discipline is self-imposed based upon the results that benefit you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, now, it's a self-empowered thing. Whereas suppression is someone else imposing something on you to where you have to, or you feel that something on the outside is imposing something against your will. Because you're suppressing things that are your, you know, that are part of your truth. That's why manipulators are so dangerous. Because right. they will manipulate you into thinking that, no, no, you're, do, you're choosing that for yourself. Mm-hmm. While all the way knowing that, you know, that's a way to control. Right, because they're getting what they want out of it. Yep. Yeah, so let's, you know, let's say, for example, uh, you know, in a monogamous relationship, a mandated monogamous relationship, a lot of times in those, it's encouraged to denounce and suppress the reality that you are attracted to many different things. Musics, foods, people, lovers. Now, some of those we're, okay, we're allowed to acknowledge. We like a lot of different foods. We like a lot of different poets and books. But with attraction to other people, no, 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 no. We only like our husband, our wives. We have no eyes. We are not attracted to anybody. So we have to suppress the fact that we are attracted, the fact that we can see another woman and it can light us up, the fact that we desire being seen by another woman or a man, and we, we like that. We suppress that desire to have that type of nurture. I think it's not just you know the attraction to other people. I think that these relationships um, have us suppress a lot of things, starting with, I need my own space and time. Mm-hmm. And I really need it for me to stay healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. But my husband, my wife, get insecure when I do that, Therefore, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. That's right. suppression, you right. know, or I really do not like spending that much time with my little kids, mm-hmm. you know, but out of obligation, you know, I'm not going to say that. That's suppression. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's a lot of, uh, and there's, you know, there's a line between uh, the discipline of, you know, I really want to go spend money on some crazy purse. Right. But, you know, we also have a budget that doesn't fit into the budget. You right. know, that's discipline. Right. But the whole, no, I'm never allowed to even say what I want. Right. 
because that's gonna threaten, you know, my husband. Right. And then that's oppression. Right. And the thing is, um, when we live a life or create confinements either your relationship, work, where there's a lot of suppression, we're doing a lot of suppressing, um, those energies, those desires are going to find a way to come out of you. And so, you know, you can only suppress for so long before it manifests well, into resentment, right. before so it manifests start, in anger, before yeah. it manifests in depression, low self-esteem, lowered energy, lowered vibration, lowered, which then, you know, once you get into resentment, lower energy, lower vibration, then goes yeah. passion, there goes your desire to have sex with perhaps if it's your husband or wife, um, your disdain for the relationship, your job, your so your productivity goes down, it's this downward spiral. Um, and it's very, I think it's very important to identify when we're suppressing stuff, what we're suppressing and why. And so that way we can be clear are we suppressing it because we can't or we shouldn't say these things or do these things? Are we suppressing because we realize it's an impulse and it's not beneficial to my goal? Then we can shift some of those into discipline because we've got to be very clear about those things. Sometimes we're suppressing things because they're just a whimsical impulse. Like, ooh, I really want to go buy all that shit, but I'm not going to. But you go, okay, well... Is that suppression? Well, it's like, well, my child wants it, but does a whole being want it? No, okay, we've agreed that all of us as a collective, including my child and parent, think we will have much more fun and it'll be more beneficial to the family if we don't spend all this money on these whimsical toys and things and we actually take a trip to Europe. Okay, that's discipline then. You know, because where we sit things, where we perceive things, plays a role in the energy that we omit when we think about those things. I think, you know, like suppression is and a, you know, I think that like to me, that has to do with the root core need. Mm-hmm. If you feel a root core need that you have, but right. you cannot express that and you can't satisfy it, for the fear of ruining what you have, right. for the fear of being judged, mm-hmm. you know, for the fear of exposing who you really are because you didn't do a good job showing the other person who you really were, so you created a relationship based on some other representation of yourself, then mm-hmm. that's suppression. Like the core need that makes you who you are and you can't express that then you're suppressing it, then you're not being who you are. Eventually, it's not going to end well. Right. I would say, I would amend that and say those are core suppressions. They're not the only way, only suppression, but those are core ones that will create dramatic changes and uh, have a strong impact on your life. Um, Suppression is just, you know, holding something back from coming, whatever it is. So it could be mild suppression. It could be like, I want a donut. (laughs) But I'm suppressing my urge to have that because I'm able to think about these other things. So Katya, my Russian therapist, has this whole theory on you you should just eat whatever the hell you want. Right. And as long as you're doing it uh, because you listen to your body and not to your um, 
habits that you have created. Right. Like if your stomach tells you that, like actually, like if you know how to tell when you're hungry versus when you're not hungry, you know, when you can tell uh, what your actual body tell is telling you, right. you can have all of it. Right. But if it's just a habit, if you are thinking that you're hungry, but you're actually bored. Right. That's when it goes bad. Right. That's true. And I think, you know, if you let your body, if you just eat whatever you want to eat, your body will eventually let you know, like, yeah. that shit is not doing right. it for you. Like, But you got to learn just like you have to learn to listen to your internal voices. Right. Uh, you know, I had a cool conversation with a friend today on how to create time and space to do what we really want to do and to keep doing more. Right. I'm like, you have to start getting rid of bullshit. Right. Like, you have to start getting rid of things that don't matter, that don't uh, create positive energy, that don't contribute to you, that take away from you. Right. And she's like, well, how do I do that? Right. I'm like, well, you start noticing what's taking away from your happy. Right, what's the inventory. The inventory, you know, and we're just so not used to it. It's the same as, you know, the hunger is the same thing. Like, are we eating? How do we tell if we're eating out of habit or if we're eating when we're hungry? Right. I think at this point in our lives, we all have so much access to food at every turn. And every second of the day that it's very rare that we actually go hungry. Right, right. Like very rare. And creating those habits, you know, like then you're not suppressing your hunger, but you're actually recognizing, oh, this is hunger. I can eat. Right. This is boredom. I shouldn't eat. <laughs> right. And you think so, you know. I should address why am I bored. Right. You know, and go down that rabbit hole, but no one wants to go down ra that rabbit hole. We'd rather snack. Right. And so all of this is really summing up to is, you know, being aware of why we do what we do without judgment first. So we can assess like what's what's discipline, what's suppression, what's healthy and what's not. Um, and those are very important things tying it all into yeah. our inner child. Are we suppressing our inner child's voice? Are we suppressing joy? Yeah. Are we suppressing freedom, right? Suppress and sacrifice are very, are very parts of the similar thing. They're very, you know. I'm allergic to the word mindful. sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, so, you know, what are we suppressing and why are we suppressing and what's, what effects are they having on us? So, like, in a marriage, a lot of times, people will suppress a lot of truths. You know, like, I'm, I'm no longer uh, enjoying the sex we have. I'm suppressing that because I don't want my husband. If, if I tell my right. husband, it's going to be all bad, you know, um, but not realizing that that suppression, that act of suppressing over a long period of time is having a bigger effect on the relationship because your energy that you're giving this person, this mixed message of like, no, honey, it's fine. It's not you. I just have a headache tonight. Or, uh, it's psychologically fucking with them because the energy is already being transferred, you know, um, and it can end up eroding the thing you're trying to preserve, right? Like how people go, I don't want to say that because it might ruin my marriage. It's like, yeah. well, if you feel your truth may ruin your marriage, then... Yeah, marriage is right in ruin. Right. If you can't be you and they yeah. can't be them, then who are you guys and what marriage are you trying to preserve? So, yeah. Chew on that. What is the other random stuff? We've just been waxing poetic on different things that have come up. Um, <laughs> uh, I have a bunch of stuff on, you know, I feel like 
uh, I've been feeling way more balanced and calm mm -hmm. and less rabbity lately. Right. You know, rabbity as in, you know, I'm not trying to like uh, jump for the moon and look for the next height or, you know, find the next person that can give me a certain energy. Right. But like mostly coasting pretty comfortably. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with getting more um, and more comfortable with my own soul control. Right. And, uh, you know, like people have asked me, because I've put it in my daily gratefuls, like right. soul control, what is soul control? And, uh, you know, to me, I feel like that's me recognizing that I'm in charge of my own feelings. Right. And I'm in charge of my own moods. So I've been waking up in a good mood more often than not. Right. And if I don't wake up in a good mood, uh, I'm quicker to recognize why. And then eventually within a matter of a few hours mostly, decide that, you know, fuck that. I've spent enough time not being in a good mood and I really do enjoy being in a good mood. So I'm just gonna decide to go back to my good mood. Right. And decide what it is that I have access to that will help me get there. You know, usually if I'm not in a good mood, it's because something's going on between you and I, right. or in my own head, but still between you and I, it's just not involving you directly. So I can't go and, you know, go to my usual go-to, you know, and, and get the uh, good energy that you and I generate. So I'll go and, you know, reach out to a million other people that, you know, Luckily, I have cultivated very solid, intimate relationships with people through my daily gratefuls. Right. I can reach out to any one of them. Right. It's like one of the best gifts that I have given to myself. Right. It's like a big garden of nourishment. Yep. Even the ones that don't ever send me gratefuls. Right. I can literally reach out to every single person that's on my gratefuls list and have a cool-ass conversation with them. Right. And, uh, you know, that gives me good, happy energy. Right. And helps me get back into a good mood. So a lot of that, uh, you know, soul control is me choosing how to respond to whatever is happening outside of me and figuring out where I want to end up. Right. No, and that's a, that's a big one. I think, you know, it's interesting because we've both been, <clears throat> you know, it's this collective calm that we're both going we're both going with right now for different reasons um i am because you know i went through a lot of deep activity <laughs> um with relationships in the you know fall winter and you know some of them got to the point where they were not they were more detrimental than beneficial in the position that they were in not that these humans are bad humans it was just me being me and them being them we're no longer generating um, enough spiritual nourishment and profit to keep doing it how we uh, we're doing it so i did a lot of um, adjusting myself and stepping back and um, kind of shifting those to where it's almost like a clean slate like you know um, they're they're people i care about that are they're more distant than they are as like immediate um, and i've just been enjoying the calm and you know Consistently putting my energy out there, but not aggressively and not so concerned about the result of it. Um, and then uh, appreciating the calm that's that's happening now. Um, 
And it's been fascinating because it allows me to go into myself and start taking, you know, spring cleaning inventory of myself and just reflecting. And one of the funny things is that realizing that everybody has a really different language. We can all be speaking English. We can all be using the tools that we have, either text or or body language or tone, and have very different definitions of them. Um, and we discovered that a long time ago, but we keep getting reminded of it because we always, whenever I interpret somebody's communication towards me, my first reaction is always to interpret as if it's me saying those things and what I would mean, and not realizing that a, a person can mean, can say the same thing, I love you, or they can say, I'm really into you, or they could bring you flowers and go here. Or they can say, you know, I think you're amazing. And that their definitions of those things could be totally different than my definitions of of those same things. And how a lot of time we don't take the time to ask or we don't take the time to ourselves to really think about what we mean when we say those things. Because we always just assume, oh, they get it. Because I'm saying it, they must know what I feel. Because you know our worlds are so you know we you know in our heads we revolve around us. And I mean the funny thing is that we have known that since very early in our relationship. Yeah. Because we have gone through a very specific exercise where we're like, oh, what she means is not what I understand it to be. Yeah. And then we still continue to apply the same. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's it's hard very to break hard the to break the habits, yeah. and we're all very egocentric. Yeah. You know, all of us have this interesting dichotomy of like. On one hand, we don't know what we want and we don't give ourselves the time and the space to really learn about ourselves to articulate it. But on the other hand, we're very egocentric, assuming the world revolves around us. Yep. So it's a very interesting dynamic. But being yeah. human is hard. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I tell like our little one when she's all, you know, in in going through these big huge feelings and why me? Why do I have to feel all this? And why right. is it? And I'm like, dude, you're just human. Congratulations, you feel things, you experience them. You know all the dichotomies, all the right, all the problems of being human. And it's just you know time keeps moving. And the crazy thing about the languages, like us having different languages and different, you know, is that. Our languages change. Like I could say I love you ten years ago, and it would mean a whole different set of things than it meant five years ago. Whoa, 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 whoa! Do we have to go re- renew our vows and like next re- drive to LA? Go through our the <laughs> words and it, it, you know what? Those type of exercises would be yes. probably really good um, to whoa. articulate because. We're not the same people. We don't want the exact same thing at the exact same time, the exact same way that we did when we got together. No, and we like we actually respond to the same thing very differently. When you started smoking weed, I had a very difficult reaction to uh, you smoking without me because right. that triggered my relationship with you know my first husband who had a problem with alcohol and blah 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 blah. Right. Now that you are, I don't know, five years into it, I could care less right. at all, like completely. Right. It, Unless my I come home just begging for cookies. And <laughs> then <laughs> I will just laugh, give you some CBD honey, put you to bed. <laughs> all right. But yeah, it's just, you know, we're very different. And I think one of the biggest 
issues that we come across in relationships is we assume that because we knew what they wanted then that that's what they still want that whatever the vows you guys set in the marriage whatever habits they liked in the beginning well, is what they always are and you kind of cement each other in them I to mean, where you can't even get me on vows because no one writes their own vows so right. that's not even and 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 you know Right. Th- that's a problem to begin right, with. Right. We'll right. just say wait, we'll just wait. say vow and habit, like whatever right. they start acting upon. Like for example, <laughs> when you know when you first get together, you get married. To, you know, say you first get together with somebody, and you talk every day. You know, because you're so into it, you talk every day, and so after three months, one of the two is like, okay, like I talk every day in the beginning to build a foundation. After that, I kind of just balance it back out, and the other person's like wanting to still talk every day, and the other person so. The person who's not talking every day is like, okay. And the other one's like, what's up? And they're like, what do you mean what's up? Like, well, we used to talk every day, and I, I hear from you maybe twice a week. Like, yes, you know. And they're like, is something wrong? And the other person's like, what do you mean something wrong? I just, and it's completely different. Expectations. Expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's rarely articulated. It almost would seem neurotic to articulate. Hey, so you know. In the very beginning, I'm going to talk to you every day because I'm really excited and there's a lot of NRE. <laughs> I'm trying to build a foundation. After after I feel like I got a good understanding of you and I trust your energy. And I give it about three months. I'm going to kind of shift back to where I'm going to reintegrate some of the other shit I stopped doing because I was focused on you every day and start reintegrating you back in my life. So it's probably going to go from like, you know, every day to like, you know, a couple days, a couple times a week. <laughs> and then I could talk about that. Well, why? What does that mean to you? But that's not at all what we do. We assume that we're speaking the same language and when we're both NRE'd out and super attracted to us, we're feeling like we can't do anything wrong. See, that's my problem because I float. Right. So I can float and the other person's like, what are we doing? I'm like, we're floating. Right, yeah. And I'm not gonna tell you my rules of floating because I don't have them, I just float. Right. That's a setup, sounds like a setup. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing as your your inner child and your parent. If I don't ever tell you exactly what I want, you can't hold me to it, you know? But, you know, we all have modes, right? And, you know, with every new person I meet, you know, like, I meet somebody, which I met somebody and knew who was really, like, I'm really excited, they're really excited. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, here's what this means in habit, right? We're gonna text a lot, it's gonna be silly, we're gonna have deep conversations, we'll have silly conversations, we'll have sexting, we'll have, you know, it'll be this constant flow of like building. And then like after a few days, it's like, okay, it's not like that. And I could feel my inner's like, huh? And then my wisdom is like, you don't know this person enough yet to know why they don't do this right now. Put yourself in their shoes and you're like, you start thinking about their life, start thinking about where they come from, what they're going through, maybe their workflow. And you're like, oh, they've, very well may have a very different pace. And so maybe in the past I'd kind of not blow it up, but I'd be like, hey, I've noticed that you're not talking as much or calling them out on these things, which can be very fucking annoying if you're, you still feel the same way, you just, I have shit to do, right? I'm, I'm learning how to not say anything, but it's hard because there's a couple voices in my head that really want to say something. Well, but then also you have your own balance of what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Right. So eventually you just make a decision based on that, yeah. right? Well, that's, yeah, on how thing. to it's adjust. Like, but yeah, yeah, you don't have it's to It's in like, the beginning. It's like, right. you know, you can't, it's, it's going to the core of what I'm saying is that 
everybody has a different language, a different flow, a different pattern, a different reason for doing things. Um, it's very hard to know that in the first couple weeks or months even. So, you know, each of us have to come up with our own metrics of how we gauge it, how we learn, and how much information we've gathered to determine if it's good enough for us to continue or, or to veer right. off. Right. But it's very fascinating because you would, you know, we all initially assume that if someone does something, and it's, yep. you know, we're like, well, if that was me, and I was texting a lot, and all of a sudden I'm not much, that means because I'm no longer that interested. So they must not be that interested. What happened? As opposed to, they could be like, dude, I was texting a lot at the beginning because I saw that you do, but that shit is exhausting to me. I don't do that. You know, so I'm gonna, now that I feel like we got an established vibe, I'm going to go back to my normal shit, which is like pop up maybe once a day just to say, hey. You know, but when I see you, I'm, this is my normal mode. I'm going to be, so it's very fascinating how, you know, we lose each other by assuming that we know everything about a person because they said they like us or, you know, but like the whole love language is like, what's your love language? Okay, well, here's my love language in order one through five. But one step further is, okay, so let's say your love language is, my, my, my giving love language to you is, you know, words of encouragement. Like, oh, I love you, you're amazing, you're beautiful. But no one ever asks, well, why, what's the intention of you saying that? Because my intention could be like, well, I read a book about how to be a player and how to make a girl happy, and it says compliment them four times a day. And it could be something as trivial as that, but we never ask that question. So when a guy brings a woman a rose, a woman's like, oh, this is so sweet, but never goes, this is really sweet. What does that mean when you give this to me? And so the level of depth, and so it's very fascinating um, when you have all this extra time when you're not super outwardly active, you can kind of think about these things in depth. Yeah, but then you can also get yourself into a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's with anything. That's where you have to listen to your spirit and soul right. control. Your spirit will go, well, your spirit will tap you on the shoulder and be like, okay, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Okay, <laughs> go live, just breathe. I'll, I'll let you know when it's, I'll give you clues, trust me. You know, and that's having faith and, it, and it trusting your intuition and not letting your mind run everything. So that's a, a very funny, interesting scenario. Um, what else you got in your docket? I wish you guys could like call in right now and just be like, just call in and right. ask something because you know I'm sure. Maybe you we should set ourselves up for that. Maybe someone will call. Maybe like, we should like if we actually said, hey, we are recording a podcast today at 5 p.m. Open calling hour six to six thirty. We right. might have someone. But it would sound really weird unless we could patch them into the recording. Otherwise, like, like, well, hold that's on, a second, on you. Hold that's on, on, that's on oh, hey, you hey. to figure things out. Yula, check it out. Someone just called and said, hey, <laughs> what is your new fetish? Hey, hey, do not you make know. fun of me. You need to figure <laughs> that out. That's not on me. You know, so, okay, well, another fun topic. So, you know, now Yoda's in this new balanced, next level soul controlling space, and she's starting to articulate what she wants and what type of interaction the connection she wanted and she came up with a a really good idea the other day so you should share it and we'll ponder that because i think there's something really cool (laughs) it's not an idea it's a feeling of what feels good to me when i actually finally let myself uh figure out well what do i want regardless of any judgments tion's reactions you know my fears 
because uh, I have all that. So if I manage to put all that aside, what is it that I want? Like an ideal scenario. And, you know, it came to me that actually what I think would work the best for me is a long distance intimate friendship. Right. Uh, that being, you know, someone super cool who I'm attracted to, who I have, uh, you know, things in common to where we can have a uh, good on ongoing, you know, long distance conversation, mm-hmm. which requires being very comfortable with texting. You know, right. I text a lot if I want to. Right. I don't text a lot when I don't want to, but... I like maintaining uh, ongoing, long-distance, long-term relationships. I have a number of those, uh, and I would like to have an intimate one. Right. And why Why specifically do you want it to be long-distance? What are some of the, the benefits of the long-distance? Uh, because I really, really like my life flow right. and my balance. My current balance is really important to me and I really like it right now right so I like spending most of the time with us right and family uh you and I have been getting to spend a lot of time together I really like that I don't like anything imposed on me and I don't like expectations right having someone that is local I feel like will create an expectation right maybe on a minimum level but i'm like very much against expectation uh imposed on me uh so i feel like a long distance relationship would help me out with that right and that's that's really neat because it's it's a very um detailed idea of what you want and why um, and I think that's really cool because it speaks to um, the core message you want and the logistics of how you want it. Because a lot of us say we want a we want a woman who's this and who's that and who's this, but we don't say that is long distance or that only has so much time a week. Because I, right. you know, and what happens is we end up getting this person in our lives because we're not too specific. And then we realize, they're all over oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're all over you. And then you're like, fuck. I should have been more specific. <laughs> I did say I wanted, I wanted, um, I wanted somebody who wanted me for me, who could hold a good conversation, whether it was sexual or, inte- or intellectual or spiritual. But I should have said who also is busy in their lives to where they just can't be in my shit every day. Right. Who lives far enough away that we don't have to be asked or, or every other day, like, what are you or doing today? Expect, right. Can I find you today? Can I see you today? When can I see you again? Right. You know, and it's like I'm oh. like perfectly cool with like every few months. Right, <laughs> that's awesome. Like, You're like yeah, we can hang out for a few days. Right, you yeah. know, uh, once a month feels like too much. Right. Uh, well, and and like okay, once a month, anything to me is too much. Right. Uh, even like when I have a long distance client. Right. And I have to go see them, even if it's for a day. Right. Once a month, month goes she's by a, fast. She's not a sex worker. No, yeah. hell no. <laughs> not, not now. Well, she, 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 she says a client. You're going to talk about sex parties. Oh, oh. <laughs> my work, my, my, my adult, well, no. Well, see, even all <laughs> of that is <laughs> My professional, no. My corporate, my corporate work. Still no. Corporate work? No. My financial industry compliance. My, okay, you know, my, my financial industry compliance consulting work. 
We're talking Client. about being specific so you get yes. the right visual right? <laughs> received and given. Right. So even that to me, you know, when I had to do it once a month, I'm like, oh, wow, I just went there. Right. I have to go again. Holy wow. Okay. Uh, you know, so that's that's my parameter. It has to be someone who's really cool. Uh, and that's what works for them in their own life. Right. That it's not not a forced thing. not not a forced thing. Not a well. I guess I can't have it any other way, so I'm okay with this one. Right. You know, but like actually excited. Oh wow, this is a cool addition to my life. Right. Uh, you know, I think that after my marriage to John, I'm really clear that I want to be an addition to someone's life. Right. Versus being the main source of energy in someone's life. Right. Uh, and now, you know, being older and, and, and being more comfortable in my own space and by myself a lot. And I'm just, you know, so happy in my own space that it has to be something that adds to it without right. subtracting much. Right, right. And I think that's a really cool thing. And, you know, me and, me and Yoda were pondering this because, you know, both of us really like our life flow. Um, and we can be really busy, a lot busier than people think at times and hold conversations all day with someone if we like it. Yep. Um, but it's via text, you know, and we've, we've understood and appreciated text doesn't have to be shallow. It doesn't nope. have to be short. It's, it's coming from the person. We have vocabulary. We have ability to send pictures and images and transfer energy through, through these things that can be as deep and as juicy and as invigorating as a phone conversation or hanging out. It's just a different lane. Um, and so we found out that it's very important for us to when we're connecting with somebody that they appreciate and like the lane of texting and stuff too. Cause if they don't, then there's huge gaps between us hanging out, which makes yeah. it very slow for us to really hanging build a out connection. or even being on the phone. Like you will not be on the phone with the same person once a day. Right. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And so it's very fascinating because that's a detail that when we put our energy into the universe of, of the type of, uh, scenarios we'd like to have and experiences that's kind of one of them because yep. I've definitely you know found out that you know preferences of communication and scheduling play a huge role yeah you know um, in how we can connect with someone and if it goes well or if it doesn't go well yeah because um, I've had definitely women get frustrated because I don't talk on the phone enough or I can't see them as much but I can talk to them and connect with them right. all the time. We could be, we can have long, good conversations. Um, and the energy of care and appreciation and adoration is there. And then we create the time to see each other. Um, and actually that type of text foreplay, whether it's foreplay, sexual, sensual, spiritual, silly, makes me want to create more space to hang out. And when someone doesn't like that space, it decreases right. Yeah. my desire to hang out with them because I know why if I get too close to this person I'm still going to be the same person I'm still not going to be able to do that and it's going to now it's going to create a whole different level of yep. confusion and frustration and stuff like that so you know be very articulate when you're daydreaming about the things that you want the type of people you want in your life you know it's not enough to say I want a good man or I want him to be smart and funny like you know who's smart and funny sociopaths Serial killers, <laughs> like, you know. I want them to be intellectually smart. You know who are those smart? 
ones who are super mind heavy and who are spiritual, ego, yeah. egotistical people. So it's good to be more um, detail oriented in what we're wanting when we put these orders into the universe, you know, because be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, you find the guy who's who's tall, dark and handsome, but is an asshole. No, no, tall, dark, and handsome will do. That's enough? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> as long as you don't have to talk to them. Other than put it here. Put it in here. Okay, now that's enough. Don't, don't say too much. More, yeah, I can't. Shh. It's like Greer. On, uh, oh, it's coming up. She's Got to Have It's coming out this Friday. Yeah. So you got to have part oh, two. Oh, wow, there you go. If you guys haven't seen She's Got to Have It, you should definitely see it. We definitely... Uh, we promote that. We we that's a good one. Also, what's a good one is the Netflix show Bonding, which is pretty funny. That was pretty fun. It was a short yeah. and sweet one. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, those are the only two. We saw one that's called Easy. We tried to watch an episode Ooh. of that. It was really bad. And we try to find. You know, we like finding these shows that deal with alternative styles of relationships, whether it's gay, lesbian, straight, trans, non-typical male-female monogamy. Um, because they push the boundaries of, of what's norm in the pop culture world. And so we'll let you know if we see or hear and discover any of these. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's where we're at, man. We'd like to talk to you guys more. We're looking to... Well, the next episode, and it'll be number 40, so it's easy to remember. Right. Keep talking. I'm going to go plug in our computer so it doesn't die. Wow. Uh, so the next one is going to be uh, for people that are just starting to listen or an episode that we can send to someone that, you know, is new to us and we'll make a reintroduction to each one of us. So, you know, who is Tion? Where, where does he come from? How did we meet? What are his values? How did he come to this space? What is his, you know, what are the most important aspects of his growth over the last you know, decade, and then specifically over the last five years, and then over the last year. Uh, so just something that, you know, reminds you of who we are, where we come from, why do we do this? Uh, and, you know, so that when you listen to episodes, you can start anywhere, and you already have a background on us. Right. And also, if you guys are listening, send us an email the Black Russian Podcast at gmail.com or if you don't do email because not everybody does anymore um, hit us up slide in our DMs on Instagram at the Black Russian Podcast and what would you like to know about us right. what would you like us to include in that episode um, you know there, there's all types of information these things can go all over the place there's so much that's happened <laughs> in the last 15 years between us um, and you know, hyper life in the last five years. So we're really interested in getting your feedback. Um, this summer, we're going to try to be hopping around, you know, some New York, maybe some Northwest. And uh, we'd like to meet up with you guys, have lunch, go to, you know, breakfast, talk, shoot the shit. So, you know. Um, do you want to talk about uh, our work with couples and why we do not currently charge and don't currently have plans to charge? Sure, we can. we can wrap this episode up with that. Um, well, we've been seeing couples. We've started doing sessions. And here's a funny, fun fact, which I had to say today. Most of the couples that we've seen are monogamous. So people assume that because we're not, that we're advocating right. and only working with or we're going to convince you to be 
non-monogamous or some shit like that. Like, we're not about that. All we're going to do is ask you to be open and help you guys be honest with each other. Now, in that space, some things may come out that you would not have heard. Um, but most of the couples are monogamous. We're, it's pretty fascinating. Um, I think part of the reason why they come to us is because they experience how open we are with each other and in conversation. And the fact that we, you know, um, we give them a vibe that we're open. We're not judgmental. Right. So, you know, we don't do couples therapy. That's not what we do. Right. You know, if there was a definition of what we do is we hold space for them, for, right. for people. And, you know, we hold space for them to be able to express their own truth right. uh, to their partner with our help. Right. Uh, because that's the biggest issue when we are not comfortable expressing our truths we're scared of it whatever that is like hey i'm no longer attracted to you i do not want to be around you or hey i'm really sorry this happened you know let me give you more details on that right and and let's you know figure out how to handle it because it's very scary to do it on your own it's difficult for the other person to react in a way that's not going to trigger right both so, you know, it's very beneficial for us to literally just hold space and promote the ask questions and start the conversation right. and help, you know, uh, bring the truth out on both sides. Mm -hmm. And by the time we're done, the truth is already out. Right. We're not trying to find a solution for it. Right. Uh, we're not guiding in any way, but it's like, hey, these are your truths. Now you go do like, what, what do you, you what do you feel guys you want to do with yeah. that. Um, you know, do you want to, you know, we can help continue the dialogue. You know, right. it's a safe space. It's really hard for people to overreact, get really defensive and go off the rails when there's two other people there, you know, contributing to holding that space to where it doesn't get, you know, the dances that we as couples do. Um, but one of the reasons why we don't like to charge at this point um, is it's there's something pure about it when it's not for profit um the motive stays pure meaning um we're doing it out of community feel we're doing it because we feel we want to contribute to this couple we want to contribute to the energy of betterment of relationships um and we can pick and choose um and also we can get closer to these people than we probably could yeah um, if we were being therapists. Um, and also, the coolest thing is we can share our story and get more personal with that. Where usually in therapy, the therapist is not sharing any of their own stuff. Um, and I think that helps people relate to it you know, relate and, and feel more. Right. Engaged. I mean, and it's the exact same reason that we do that as, you know, as doing the podcast. You know, right. it's like people ask us more often than not how many listeners do you have you know uh how are you promoting how are you growing it and we're like oh right yeah it's it's really sweet and innocent you know we're not saying that this podcast will never uh generate revenue we're not saying we don't want to tour and we wouldn't want to have advertisers like that we're just saying right now we're totally embracing the fact that we have none of that and we can do it how we want Right. When we want, as long as we want, as short as we want, um, as often as we want, as often as we want, um, and it, and 
and there's no other opinions of what we should or shouldn't do yeah. other than this as this. Um, but we do like being able to hold space and be relationship nutritionists for people. Um, and we've done it face-to-face. We've done it for some via email. Um, so if you guys are ever having any thoughts, ideas, questions, you know, feel free to email us. You can talk to Eula. You can talk to me. You can talk to both of us. Yeah. Um, I think between the two of us, we've, we've experienced a wide range of pains and pleasures and perspectives of of things. And I think it's the benefit that we do provide, too, is um, you can you can hear two sides of the story, but in a loving space. Yeah. You know, so that's one of the goody thingies that we do. Um, yeah, I think that's good, man. We just, you know, it's good to get the podcast out. We kind of haven't been doing it a minute, but we've been posting funny shit. I know you guys... If you're not following us on the Black Russian Podcast Instagram. It's its own life. It's its own life in itself. You get to learn a lot more about what we're doing when we're not sitting behind this. Yes, microphone. I'm learning how to do cartwheels. That's part of my warm out now for my workouts. Yeah, and cartwheel practice. And yeah, and to you, and to you guys on Instagram who can't read, I posted a picture, a video of Eula practicing her cartwheels. And I said very specifically, <laughs> she's looking for any support, guidance, advice. Please send your video of you doing a cartwheel <laughs> because it's important to check someone's ability before yes, you take resume, their advice. Right. And everybody made comments and nobody posted a video. Nope. I'm like, what? Like, what qualifies you to give advice? <laughs> I've never seen your cartwheel. <laughs> So if you really think you have a dope cartwheel, <laughs> slide up in our DMs at the Black Russian Podcast <laughs> on Instagram and, and help help the rabbit. I got cartwheels, and I got, you know, they're not the best cartwheels, but, but you know, they're decent. That's a cool sound effect. <laughs> um, maybe I'll leave it in there just so you guys can trip out. But, um, you know, I have a way, of I, a way I think she should learn. But her coach... The trainer has a very different way. <laughs> I'm thinking we can be a team, but it's yeah, a very it's different way. <laughs> it's I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> so if you got cartwheel, you could give us advice, but you first got to show us your cartwheel. Ta-da. We do that. So we're going to get up out of here, finish watching this Eastern Conference Finals to see who's going to go up against our Golden State Warriors. 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 So yeah, this is episode thirty nine of the Black Russian Podcast. Tianbu Kuwan. And uh Yula. We are here and I'm grateful for calm. I'm grateful for being <clears throat> embracing the calm and feeling the uncomfortableness that we go through sometimes of being having extra alone time and not being filled with so much other people activity. Because that can become a crutch and I'm grateful to sit in that and be like, oh, no one's really calling me or looking to hang out. That's, and then just go, good. That's what the universe says is what we can do. Now we can write raps. I even got a notebook so I can start writing raps on paper again. It's kind of fun. Uh, I am grateful for feeling like my neutral has shifted to happy. There you go. I'm grateful for bowling my first Sanction 300, Ooh. which is a big, big, big deal for me and my rule is whenever I bowl a 300 I retire the ball 
So I officially you didn't tell me that. Yes, I officially retired the storm. When did you create that rule? When I, after I bowled the 300, and I decided we are going to get new balls. So our whole team is getting these new pink balls called the Black Widow. And I've got mine already. It's got blue grips in it. All mine has blue and grips. what are mine? What? I don't, whatever you want. But I'm grateful for that. That was, you know, I, w- I would say, like I said, 18 years in the making, but I've only been bowling for 20 years. First two years, I probably wasn't trying to chase a 300. <laughs> so for the last at least 10 years, I feel right. like I've been getting close. Yep. So. Oh, my God. Does that. that mean that um, it's going to take me 10 years to get to 200? No. You'll get a 200 yeah. next Two Week. weeks. The summer. The summer league, right. you'll get it. All right. Sounds good. You've With seen my new bowl. bowl. Yep. 191 is as close as I've come so far, which Tion always closes his eyes and like, ah, oh, she just pissed away the 250. Yeah. She's had several <laughs> 200s that she decided she didn't want <laughs> in the last frame or two. Um, so, yeah, I'm grateful um, for that. I am grateful for my comfy space both at home and in my own personal office. I'm very grateful for that. My mm. couches, my pillows, my blankets, my ability to pick and choose what I want to do when I want to do it and when I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for more and more each day allowing myself the freedom and giving myself permission to do it how I want to do it. Now, it can be how I want to be an activist how I want to be a teacher, how I want to be a student. A yoga student. How I want to be a yoga student. I've been doing yoga twice a week. Uh, um, three times Two to three week. times a week. I would say average two. Um, but I'm, I'm giving myself permission. Like, it's sometimes we get caught up in, okay, you're a black man in the Bay Area. This is how you should be. This is what you should be posting. This is what you should be talking about. And before I would be influenced by that. And now I'm like, you know, no, I can be on the this other side of the revolution that deals with it this way, that goes about it this way. There's more than one way to fight the Babylon system. You're the happy revolutionary. Yes. The rare kind. Love inside out. Yeah. The, the, uh, uh, why can't I remember his name right now? What? The Minister of Culture, Uncle, uh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Emory Douglas. Douglas. I'm on the Emory Douglas side of it. Emory Douglas is the Minister of Culture, former Minister of Culture for the Black Panthers, who's like an uncle to me, good friend of my dad's. And he's the most happiest, smilingest person. And he's, to this day, he's still doing murals in frontline Palestine and really war-torn countries. And he's always has a smile on his face. And I asked him, like, how do you deal with all this injustice and, and, and tragedy and genocide and all this shit? on the face to face and still smile and he said you gotta wash that off he's like these people who are struggling our struggle our goal is to create space for joy and part of what we realized after doing this for so long is we can create that each day while we're on our way because even revolutionaries need to smile so I'm grateful for learning to heed those type of things And I am super grateful for our kids being as independent and creative and self-contained as they are. All three of them individually, separately, in their own ways, but doing their own things and very happily so. And that's what it is. Yep. You guys take care. We will talk to you guys soon. This last song is by 
pressure bus pipe. Psst. The Black Wizard Podcast. Yeah. A lion is a lion anywhere he go. It's the nature of man. It's the earth man. Rasta man. I listen the first. What is a Rasta man? The man we set the plan. The man we touch the street and love and bless up everyone. King of him go on the land. Must the conquering lion. Selassie walk first and him no follow after man. Not just the way of the Rasta step to how the thing connect. The girls them sign the Rasta instantly get your sweat and now me hear some boy afraid like friars in a net. The Rasta intellect it gone past the internet. The Rasta man no skip a beat. The Rasta man unique. We now go take defeat. The mission of we complete to the humble and the meek. The victory I go sweet. The Rasta man a step it up and you did not the east. I watch the wicked man a bone and there's no place to run. The Rasta beat the get a drum until we finger no Me say my lyrics is my gun. No boy can't tell me none. Me live the one to Rasta daughters and son. So me say again a lion is a lion anywhere he go. Lion is a liar anywhere he go. Rasta man a Rasta anywhere we go. Rasta man a Rasta man anywhere we go. Mister a lion is a liar anywhere he go. Lion is a liar anywhere he go. Warrior a warrior anywhere we go. Warrior a warrior any. What is an empress? She rise above the rest. She keep herself clean and in her house and not no less. She bring me joy and happiness, charisma and finesse. Do yet she clothe her skin, not just her king will see her flesh. Empress no bed, no friend. Real empress no bend. And in her mansion it no carry many men. Tell you 24-7, routine repeat again. The lioness no fall and back of fashion and dress. Some little girls we know them place and get this in your ears me tell you I know everything you see you have to embrace Empress no watch no face and keep the fire blaze Remember King Selassie I the ancient of days and them you know I saw you grow You never stood below No boy out a road no have your name like Papi Show Real Empress carry a glow I just the way you flow You're pretty like the colors in a Janja rainbow Me love the Empress to the max Me Empress very hot But true me say Empress that no mean she carry lots Preferably but probably not I got to tell you what Anytime you this my empress Then you all forget about Some me tell you say A lion is a lion anywhere he go Lion is a lion anywhere he go Rasta is a Rasta anywhere we go Rasta is a Rasta anywhere we go Me say a lion is a lion anywhere we go Lion is a lion anywhere we go Warrior is a warrior anywhere we go. Warrior is a warrior anywhere we go. Boy, the last time I'm not.